0: On today's Patriot Nation podcast, we are joined by our good friend, one of our favorite guests, Levin Reed from WBZ. Uh, we have a great conversation with him. We have another technical snafu, uh, unfortunately, a little bit of uh, a little bit of drama at the beginning. Me cutting in and out, uh, but the conversation is a great conversation. We talk about the trade deadline. We talk about uh, where we expect this Patriots team to go this season and then also into the future. Uh, kind of take a look at what the quarterback situation might look like next year. It's a heck of a show, so buckle up and cue the music. Stack receivers, two to the right. Russell
1: Wilson extends the hands. He has Wilson,
2: quick throw. And it's good. Intercepted. Intercepted! What?
0: We're going to welcome back on one of our favorite guests. And listen, in this moment in time, everyone needs a smile. Everyone needs to see a smiling face and, and have a good laugh. And who better than one of the most infectious smiles in the game, our good friend Levin Reed from WBZ. Uh, Levin is so gracious to join us. And I another snafu with my stupid computer. I hit the record button, but it didn't record. So now we're taking round two with Levin.
2: much for joining us i appreciate it you're breaking up a little no problem at all no problem at all you're breaking up a little bit but i understood everything you said and by the way it doesn't make it everything this is television that's what happens things go wrong and things go things get taped and that's why you tape everything because everything can happen that way and if you want to talk about smiling i've learned more in a snafu time about jared stidham than i should have ever learned (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah dude okay. this is, this is we, we talked about it and you, you got lucky because we edited it out but that's we, we got it back now this is the stidham fan yes, show there levin. you go it, like it, it, is, it is it's real it's real here but
0: wait I what guess, happened with stidham wait a second wait a second so we real gotta, quick, real what quick.
2: happened why do you guys Real good why do you guys like stidham so much why do you guys like stidham so much Tell
1: because me. because i want to be right levin that's why no so here's I,
0: Here's the story. Here's the story. Last year, it's true.
1: We both have stories. Pat, you can go first.
0: So last year, I got a press pass for one event, the Roddy Harrison induction, and then the and then the uh, the the practice at the stadium. And so I'm in the I'm in the press box with all you know yeah. Gasper and Volan and all of them, right? And I said, I'm like Stidham's out there throwing, and I'm like Jared Stidham's the next starting quarterback for the Patriots, and everyone's like. Shut the hell up. What are you about? He's a brand new rookie. It's like his third practice. I'm like, I'm telling you, dude. He three step drop gets out of it. Like, that's what they like out of their quarterbacks. Reminds me of Jimmy. G. He's the next starting quarterback for the Patriots. And they're all like, yeah, okay. Andy Reed's, la- uh, Andy Reed, Andy Hart's laughing at me. Like, what the hell are you talking about? You know? So, anyway, so that was like my, that was like day three of camp. So then Brady leaves and they don't do anything. And I'm like, this is it. This is it. He, I'm going to be right. And then, of course, friggin' they sign on my damn birthday birthday of of no less. And, uh, and I was like, Oh, thanks a lot. That's great. But, but no, we were, we, we just kind of instantly became Stidham fans and, you know, propping them up and everything and, and fighting the haters. And then they signed cam and then yeah, there it goes, it all goes downhill,
2: you know?
1: But we are Cam supporters too. Like I, I think, well, I can tell you that if, if
2: Stidham could, if Stidham could just basically not throw an interception every time he gets out on the field, that would probably <laughs> help him a little bit. Um, but he, he just, I don't know if he's colorblind, or if he doesn't know, but he's as good as he gets in and out of the huddle. Um, his arm strength is suspect because when he has to throw to the outside of the hash, it's like a floater, okay. And and Cam is just Cam, and I'm not saying Cam has played well, um, he's gonna have to play a lot better. Trust me, my girl watches Cam and she's yelling and screaming. And she doesn't, she's like, get rid right of it. I'm like, hey, well, you need to slow down a little bit, <laughs> okay, well, you need yeah, to get right. all upset, you know, it's just a matter of the things that are going on when they watch Cam, too. Um, but I, I can imagine she's, she would be the same way when she watched Jared Stidham,
1: yeah. No, and and I guess that's a good starting point because, right, like this team looks good. We, after two weeks, right, like Miami. You know, it wasn't great, but it was week one. He he ran the ball well. He did. Th- I think he threw the ball fifteen times for maybe like one seventy. It was good. It was out. Mm-hmm. He had some zip on it. Then Seattle, you come down to the game of inches. Like example A, right there. Then COVID strikes. Kind of mechanics get a little sloppy. They hit a rough spot in the year, and he kind of loses that swagger. And like you said, when Cam Newton loses that swagger and his juice, like there goes his game. Like he comes in and this is my team. This is my oh. field, my huddle. But now it's starting to get there again. I think like Sunday looked better. He, especially in the second half, you started to see that cam Newton that we saw weeks one and week two.
2: I think it's important for cam personally, um, like to, to get up, uh, to get pissed. Don't get upset and get down on yourself, which is what you saw during that time period. Like at least against Buffalo, I started to see him get upset at himself, but get pissed when he got, when things weren't going well. And that kind of helped him play a little bit better. I mean, when Cam is on, the swag is there and a team is behind him. And that confidence is what you need for Cam Newton. That's his game. His game is confidence. He's going to carry the ball a lot. He's going to punk guys and push them down a little bit. He's going to do what he needs to do. Um, but the minute he starts to doubt how he's doing, and he starts to think too much about how he handles stuff, um, that's the minute he gets himself in trouble. And I was glad to see against Buffalo that that didn't happen as much, especially in the second half.
0: Yeah, no, I mean for sure. And that's, I think Cam at this point, you know, gives them the best opportunity to win. I think he's the, clearly the best quarterback on the roster. I I don't know if there's something going on. I don't know if it's mechanical. He just, it just doesn't look right when he's throwing the ball. I don't. I don't know what it is. I don't know Ooh. if it, the mechanics are off. I don't know if the footwork is off or whatnot. But Doug Kye wrote an interesting article today from Nesson uh, on Nesson.com where, you know, he talked about Stidham and at some point having to make the transition to Stidham. And I know um, we talked a little bit before um, about how, like, you know, Cam might be the guy moving forward. And that's a possibility that he that the Patriots may look at him and say he's the long term option. But if you look at it and say Cam isn't the long term option, and we're not going to re sign him at the end of the year, and assuming that you're out of the you know out of the playoff race at some point, it makes sense then to turn the ball over to Jared Sittam and say, "Okay, kid, let's see what you got," and then we can assess what we need in the offseason.
2: Well, I'll tell you, like I said when we talked, five and six. If they get to five and six. Jared Stim's going to grab a lot of pine. And that's how it's going to be. Five and six with four games to go and a chance right. to go 10 and six and make the playoffs or even nine and seven to make the playoffs to get that last seed. Um, and it's and it's there for the taking. I mean, right now, they, the next three out of four games, if they if they can go three and one in those games, um, th- then you're, you're right where you kind of want to be. And, and you feel it at Belichick. Um, and, I mean, if they go four and oh in the next four games, I mean, the, the, the conversation around here will be totally different it would be 100%. extremely different. I mean it and it doesn't help by the way. I, I will say this to the NFL. NFL, you didn't have to make sure Tom Brady's games are on in the Boston market every time. I mean, you didn't need we didn't need to see all this his games. We you know, none of us wanted to make sure that Tampa Bay was America's team. <laughs> because hey, business, literally uh, they're just on. I mean, you don't have to they did show that on Booming
1: now though. So now you know, now Damn now we want to He's got all these weapons. <laughs> business is booming. Oh, uh, I mean, it was funny. I saw his pre- we'll not see. to get off topic. I saw his press conference today. He sounds like a completely different dude. Like talked about Brady and all this stuff. I don't want to get down this rabbit hole because it's just it. It's just bad. But it was crazy. I was like, is what? this the same Antonio Brown that I was seeing last year? Like he looked. Oh, Tom's mentoring me, and I got all this help, and he sounded completely different. I was like, oh, oh, this is might be good for Tampa. Boomin's back.
2: <laughs> yeah, listen. I'll slightly go down the rabbit hole and think that this was when Robin Gibbons and Mike Tyson were together. And then Robin Gibbons, they had that interview, and Mike Tyson just stood there. And I was like, Mike Tyson's going to take your head off. And I was like, Is he on Valium? <laughs> what are they giving him to calm him, calm him down? I didn't understand it. I watched the press conference, and I was like, ABC sedated. That's how I saw it. I didn't see it like it was a better just yet because i know ab it just seems like somebody must have you know they shocked that i'll shock therapy thing going on with him to make them know don't see anything wrong here so
0: hey man maybe it'll work it only worked for three days with the patriots so i mean who the heck knows you know but to your point levin about the next four games it is for people that don't know it's the jets this week which i mean we're not even gonna we're not even gonna preview that game because the jets just suck i mean i could i could go in at quarterback against the jets and we'd win anyways uh, and then there's the Ravens at home. Ravens have been struggling a little bit. Lamar has been having some difficulties. So you never know the Texans after that, like, come on, please. And the Cardinals is the last game there. And the cards are, are an interesting team because they obviously just, um, you know, just, just gave it to the, to the Seahawks who are one of the best teams in the NFL. But on the other side of it, you know, they've had their struggles too. So like, that's a team that could come in here. One o'clock game, West coast team traveling to the East coast, they could definitely lose that game patriots could easily i shouldn't say easily but if they play you know decent they could easily go 3 and 1 maybe even 4 and 0 oh, and all of a sudden now the entire you know the entire trajectory of the season could
2: be very different it'll be interesting to see how these games go and it'll be interesting i mean they played get better against buffalo it'll be interesting to see the next time they come down to a situation where it's that last play last drive if they can get over the right. hump and they can taste victory and taste themselves doing the right things, then all of a sudden maybe that'll help their season. And they're going to need that to happen. There's a lot of guys on this team who are a little bit older. And I would say so for some of these guys, like the McCourty's, like who's not here, like Chung, who's who's not here, like Slater, who's here. But some of these guys, this could be their last hurrah. You know, this could be it for them. They, they may not, you know, they may not be in parts of the, the Patriots future, so to speak. So this could be, for a lot of guys, this could be time for them to play as much as they can get their, play their hearts out out there right now.
1: And I know we talked about it, but Steph Gilmore, right? Like the, the trade rumors, it looked like he was gone. It really did. The, the house we talked about it. Who gives a, a house tour on Halloween, maybe a haunted house Saturday, <laughs> Sunday, the, the, the last deal is <laughs> reportedly due what? an hour after the trade deadline he's held yep. out on Sunday with I thought at the time a wink wink knee injury let's you know we're working through the kinks and then he's here right and I think maybe there was something there maybe they looked at the team Sunday and looked at the schedule ahead and said you know we like our team we we look at it we're three possessions away from me and what five and two really like um, it's kind of crazy it's been mm-hmm. that type of year it seems like just 2020 just that type of year and now we look at the future and say, huh, like was that first round pick just, you know, we're selling high. Don't talk to us unless, you know, that you can give it to us or, you know, now how do they attack that kind of going into the offseason? What can they get for Gilmore? How does that go?
2: I will say this. I think that first round pick and a player from what I was at was to calm the locker room, to be honest. I, I, there are guys in that locker room who are probably like, are we, are we sellers or what are we doing here? And when you when you let them know, you walk away from that by adding a player, a player that guys had, had struggled with. You let guys know a punch of confidence in the arm and say, hey, I still believe in you guys. If they would have let Gilmore go, they might as well just let the locker room go also. They would have had a situation right. where guys would have been like, okay, I guess we're not trying to win any games here. And we might as well play other guys to let them get the, get a taste of it. Um, but they, they kept Gilmore. They have a bright spot in Damian Harris. Uh, they have J.C. Jackson on the opposite side. Um, they're playing a little bit better. Uh, hopefully, they get some of their offensive linemen back, and they're able to run the ball. Starts to play like Cam, you know, first two three games of the season. And even if he plays just Cam against Buffalo, they have better. They have a better chance on most of these games.
0: Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Couldn't agree more. And I, I think too, like I had, I had kind of convinced myself that he had the most value now because, you know, he has this year and he had next year too. But then what I didn't consider is the fact that they gave him a pay bump this year, but they took the next year. So he's getting paid like seven and a half million dollars next year, which, you know, that's a holdout waiting to happen. Right. So that's like that's a situation now where it's like, okay, we're going to trade you somewhere like Carolina or Atlanta or somewhere like that, where, you know, we send them down there. They give up a first round pick or, you know, if it's Atlanta like a second round 435 and you know we get back and they they give him like a two-year deal you know where they extend him out two years they bump his salary up this year and give him another year or two after that and it's worth it for them because he's a great player and it's worth it for the Patriots because they're not going to resign him after really after next year but also then they don't really want to give him that pay bump next year either so I think you know both sides work out and then in that situation Don't want to trade him for a second-round pick right now. You might look at it and say a second-round pick is worth it for us if it's a high second-round pick, but you're not doing that in the middle of the year this year because it it kills your entire locker.
2: I will say this: if the Patriots are, if I was running that organization right now, I would call the Pittsburgh Steelers and say, "I'll give you Stephon Gilmore for whoever picks your wide receivers." Who is the guy that picks your wide receivers? Who's that guy? Because that guy I want. Just that guy. Okay. Literally need. I I'm failing at this job. I just need that guy. I don't need anyone on the field. <laughs> I don't want anything back. I want the guy that picks your wide receivers, Pittsburgh, because apparently you got that on lock. You know what you're doing there. I
1: mean, Chase Claypool? Like, who the Dante hell is on Johnson, Johnson, Juju in the fourth, <laughs> AB in the sixth.
2: Like, what are we doing? <laughs> like, yeah. Emmanuel Sanders. I mean it's it's all over. Randall L. Really, (laughs) and they're all good. I wonder all good.
0: I really I really wonder like if it has something to do with their offensive system too. Because like, yes, of course they hit on wide, but like that's it's like laughable, right? And that's like the big joke where it's like, yeah, well, you know, they just hit on every wide receiver they take. Well, it's like at some point, don't you have to look at it and say, like, there's gotta be something with their offensive that makes it easy for those guys to go in there. And dominate right away, right? I mean, like it just doesn't make any sense.
2: Every wide receiver on every wide receiver, it's un, it's unheard of how how like Chase Clay. I'm like, who is this dude? And all of a sudden, he's the number one, and, yeah. and and Juju's your number two. I'm like, come on, what is happening? Every and, wide receiver. And
1: Claypool was supposed to. He list, He got listed as a tight end, as a tight end slash wide receiver. He played like. tight end wide receiver at Notre Dame. Like, they weren't even sure what position he was going to play. And they're like, no, 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 you're going outside. And this dude's like, he's winning, (laughs) separating, winning one-on-one battle. He's like, stepping in and dominating. And it's big, like, you know what I mean? Like, God, if they get Sam Darnold or something like that, like Pittsburgh, uh (laughs) uh-oh. I think Darnold's nice. I think Donald's nice. I think we'll he, see oh, what he can stop do. stop
2: it. Let it go. Just let that go. <laughs> you know, I'm down for your I'm down for your Ovechkin and stuff. Do not go to Sam Donald. Do not <laughs> oh, do oh, this. Do not. Do not. Do not let me have to put my hand over my camera so I don't see you. <laughs>
1: do Come on, you he, <laughs> his number two wide receiver couldn't beat El Gunnar Olszewski. And I love Gunnar. Don't get me wrong. Love him. He'll run through a wall. He's not Braxton Berrios, man. Like Pat Mahomes, what's he doing with that Jets team? Like, let's give Donald some, if he can go oh, to Oh, no. Wait, come on. But listen, what about David Carr? Like, I always, I no, use the David Carr.
2: Again. let it go. I use well, the David what Carr. Here. Here? What But did, look at David did, did Carr, he, right? like sign a card for you? What's the deal here? What happened here?
1: Levin, him and Cinnamon are best friends. <laughs> that's why. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, but, you know, it's 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 a David Carr situation, uh, right? Like, if you're in a bad enough situation, your your confidence just gets shot after a while, right? Like, he can't – I don't know how that guy can be an effective quarterback in the NFL at this point simply because he's been on such a terrible team for so long, he's learned so many bad habits. Like, I don't know what the quarterback position – I just don't know I mean, I guess maybe Tannehill proves that theory wrong, I suppose. But, like, I, I don't know how he, you can look past what he's done there and say, hey, he could be a good quarterback. I, just, I don't see it.
2: Listen, I, apparently I think the man Ryan over here thinks that he's going to be, you know, Jim Plunkett slash – Ryan oh my Tannehill, know, any quarterback <laughs> that went to another place and succeeded and maybe was an MVP. You know, he's not done. Oh, he's he's going to be Randall uh, Cunningham, who was doing flores and then coming back in the MVP. You know, he's going he's gonna to be all those guys. Look, look, they're, it, the Jets, and again, I'll even give you that he has the worst coach maybe in the history of football. <laughs> The worst coach, maybe in the history of football. But Sam Darnold, I was about Sam Darnold, and I am not now. (laughs) I was. I was on the Sam Darnold train. I was putting people on. I was opening the bus. I was doing everything for that. But no, no, not Sam Darnold. Sorry.
0: Unbelievable. Yeah, it's, it's all right. It's all right. We'll
1: all right. we'll meet halfway there. I just want a formal apology if Stidham or Donald pans out somewhere <laughs> here or anywhere else. I just want. I want it from everyone. A formal apology. Uh, I, what do you about. mean halfway?
2: I'm fully on the no. <laughs> I'm a hard pass guy right now. You're all like meeting halfway. I'm like, no, you're not. Maybe you're not paying attention. I'm hard pass. <laughs> hard. Pass.
1: <laughs> okay. Okay. Agreed. This point. Oh my goodness!
2: <laughs> Great.
0: Love it. Love it. <laughs> uh-huh. So, Levin, I have a, I have a super, super, super important question. To it's a really important, serious sure. question that I have to ask you, and and I want you to think about it before you give me an answer because it's a serious question. Would you? Do you think it was worth it for the Patriots to win three Super Bowls and then trot out the team that they're trotting out this year? Do you
2: think it was worth it? Was it worth it? Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. Win three Super Bowls, go to four Super Bowls, um, go to so many AFC Championship games. Yes, that's going to happen. You know who you can talk to? Talk to the Green Bay Packers about that. Would you give up one bad year, and when you when if you talk to the Green Bay Packers, they're like, we have Aaron Rodgers who is the best quarterback statistically and on track. They've been to one Super Bowl. Yeah, I think we're good. <laughs> okay, we, I think we're good. I think we're good. I think I think I mean for what you've done for twenty years, you deserve a Mia Copa for a year. Hey, we can mulligan this year. <laughs> okay, we're good. It's fine. And it,
1: and like the other thing is too, like People got on Belichick for that comment, and and it's it might have been because he was like actually honest and and provided a, a detailed explanation for once. Mm-hmm. But, but they, you know, it, it's it's like a rebuilding year, right?
0: People, people hate it's, Belichick. It's what it is? It really I is mean, the you, they trotted you, you, out a team.
1: They, they, into the city. yeah, yeah. They, they were competitive. They were supposed to be competitive this year. I think they still can be. And they had no money. Yeah, right. That just happens. People they had, just they had people. No what it to is? Start
2: the season. There was opt outs. Right, that's true, man. Well, you
0: know what? For those of for those of us that don't know, for those of you
2: listening somehow that
0: don't know, the Boston Globe published that question on the front page of their sports uh, of their sports page uh, on on uh, on Wednesday, and I just thought it was so asinine that it was just ridiculous. But like, people just hate Belichick, and so what's interesting to me, and this is really fascinating to me. Do you see anybody in the national media attacking Tom Brady the way they did when he was here? I, I think now Brady all of a sudden, Max no. Kellerman has walked back the has it's, walked back the clip uh. thing. Now everyone's talking about how good Brady is. None of that conversation. And now what's happened, right? What's happened even more is that the conversation now has turned to he was the reason dynasty that, that you know he was that they won belichick's not as good as you think and it was all because of brady and so it's not it was never about brady it was never about people didn't like brady people didn't like belichick and the patriots and now that brady's gone they can root for him they can say that he's they can admit that he's great they can admit that he's the goat and now they can just try to throw shade on belichick and the patriots and it's it's unbelievable to me it's crazy that the shift in the narrative of tom brady in the national media this year is is shocking
1: i hate it but i love it too like i i miss the is, days it, i talk about my buddies like i i kind of miss the days when everyone hated the patriots and hated tom and it, like it was just fun then you know what i mean but i think now they're just realizing like game respects you got to respect and and eat your words at some point like this dude's 43 and just balling right right now like you know what I mean like and I don't think it's a fair assessment either to like say like oh what is Belichick only has what 11 wins without Brady it's like all right, like look at Tom's team versus what Bill had to do and they obviously had the salary cap like let's judge this a year, two, three, four years down the road and see where they're at, then I think it's a fair assessment to see. And I think it's a ridiculous argument to begin with. They're both just so good and they worked together for so long that it's just, it's a stupid argument. I I think regardless of how it pans out.
2: This was as stupid an argument as it was in 2014 when Brady was on the sideline and Seattle was making their run for that touchdown and they were saying, this is Brady's legacy. And Brady's legacy had to deal with him not being on the field and Malcolm Butler making the play to save his legacy at that point in time. That's how dumb this was. And secondly, and I'll say this, Brady better win. He better win it now. Because if he goes through this season and they give him all these weapons and it works out and they lose in the playoffs to Seattle or Mm -hmm. New Orleans or even Green Bay, then this is even worse. This is terrible. (laughs) <laughs> it's terrible for him to go out there, yeah. put this super team together. They're playing well, giving everybody all these hopes, and they lose.
0: Well, my biggest concern with him, and this is one thing that I think I think is gonna rear its ugly head in the playoffs, is that his coach isn't that good. And you know, I think no. in a playoff game, coaching matters. I mean, look at Aaron Rodgers is the perfect example. Yes. Look at Aaron Rodgers, look at Drew, look at those guys that they can't get over the hump. It's not because they're not good. It's because their coach isn't that good and their team isn't that disciplined. Bruce Arians has, you know, and, and they've scaled it back, you know, recent weeks, they've had less penalties, but you know, they, they are a historically undisciplined team that, you know, doesn't, and he's not a very good coach. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens if they get into the playoffs and they don't get the one seed, now they got to go on the road and play somewhere else, and everything, and so like there's all those different things that go into it. It's going to be really interesting to see what ends up happening down there. And so I, uh, I'm rooting for them not to win, not to make the Super Bowl, only because I'm a history fan and I love the fact that no team has ever played a, a home a home Super Bowl. And of course, the Super Bowl's in Tampa this year. And so, like, if they move it somewhere else, I guess because of COVID, like, okay, sure, whatever, fine. They can make the Super Bowl if they want, but like, but. I don't want him to go specifically because I think that's so cool that you know we've had 108, 108 teams play and none of them have played a home game, so uh, it, it would kind of suck to break that record.
2: So Pat and Ryan, I have a question for you. Uh, think hard and and really give it some thought. Why is Chase Winovich not playing?
1: Yeah, it's ho- I It's weird. Like I know last year, and it was a rookie. Like he obviously. He, he had like the second most sacks for a rookie behind Chandler Jones. Like he's a pass rusher. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think he struggled a lot versus the run last year, but early on in the year, he, he looked like he was taking those jumps and we're like, Whoa, we got an edge rusher here. We got a four down, you know, a three down player. He could play special teams for us. And then everyone looks to that argument. I, I, I think that's definitely a reach. I, I don't know. It's like, cause they're so, it's interesting because they're so light in the front seven. Like Adrian Phillips, like I feel so bad for that guy. He's getting bullied. He's playing linebacker in oh, size. Like, oh, you know man. what I mean? Like, you could use some size there. I, I don't know why. I don't. It, maybe he's struggling against the run again. I haven't honed in too, too much on it, but he's really only on the field in passing situations.
0: There is only one correct answer to this question. And that correct answer is it's 2020 and units us because there is no other – there's no other reason. It just doesn't – there's no – nothing. It's not like, oh, well, we're out against the run. So, like, no, it's – nothing is working. Like, John Simon, who played great last year, looked terrible, terrible on Sunday against the run. And so, like, at a certain point, you have to sit there and say, well – He's like our best DN slash outside linebacker. Like maybe he just should just be on the field. Like, okay, I guess he's not great against the run, but I actually thought he played pretty good well against the run last year. And so at a certain point, don't you just say, like, well, let's just throw him on the field and see what he does. I mean, it can't be worse than what we have out there now. And so I just just don't get it. There's just no answer. It's killing me.
2: I can tell you this. And and from talking to Winovich, um, Winovich, talking to Nikovich. Um, He said there was too many times that Chase Winovich was in the wrong spot, meaning he was past the quarterback instead of being. So the quarterback, he had run past the quarterback and had to come back and get him. So even if he's doing that strip sack from behind, Belichick is like, why are you so far up the field instead of being in front of the quarterback or to the side of the quarterback? And that's one of the things that they were. and maybe that's his move. Maybe his move is to, to fight back towards the quarterback, but Belichick doesn't like that to be his move.
0: Which is true. I mean, that's some of the stuff. That's some of the stuff that it annoys me with Belichick. And I, as much as I love Belichick and as much of a genius as he is, and and you get the two down you know, gap system and everything else, it's like. But when you have a special pass rusher, when you have a guy like Chandler Jones, that can after the passer, just let him go. Just say, you know what, dude, go do your thing. Go sack the quarterback twenty yeah. times in a season. Like, what the hell, you know? And I know that I get it, right? Because a sack isn't as um, isn't as beneficial as you think it is if they put themselves out of position enough, you know, you're going to give up more plays than you actually make. And so I get that theory behind it, but it's so frustrating when you don't let the guys kind of be themselves and do what they do best. Uh, it's just, it's frustrating
2: at times, man. Very frustrating. I, I, it, it'll be interesting to see how they go for the West of the way with, with Chase Winovich, especially because they're going to play teams that are going to be with the run, and if, and by the way, if you're playing, if you're playing the Patriots and you and they're struggling against the run, guess what? I'm handing the ball off. to What I'm doing because I didn't know who Jeff Wilson Jr. was um, until they <laughs> played the 49ers, and then all Zach of a sudden Moss, he's dude, having a he career game against them. Uh, yeah. Obviously, players, you don't right? play
0: fantasy football.
2: <laughs> Zach Moss.
0: Yeah, He was a, he, was a, he I picked him up on my face. <laughs> because I was like, people. hey, I think six guys hurt. That's the only reason I knew who
1: he was. Yeah, I got, I got hasty this but, week. But, you so. know, yeah, see, see, there you go. <laughs> Sorry. No <one>
2: knows,
0: but, <laughs> you know, I just think for me, honestly, if I'm playing the Patriots, there's two things I do on offense. I run the ball on every single play. Because the, the Bills, if you look at the drives where the Bills. start, every, every single play. Every single yeah. play. Every play. Seriously, because the drives of the Bills stalled, where they where they had to punt, or they had to throw, or they threw an interception. They threw on second down and on third down. Every time they ran on second down, they ended up getting it. Every single time they ran on, so it's like it's like clockwork. You just run every time. And then on the defensive side of the ball, I would just blitz on every play because you know they're gonna run. You know they want to run. You know they're gonna run, run the RPO with Cam and the you know QB power and everything else. So if you bring enough guys, they're not going to be able to run effectively. And Cam's been slow with his reads, and he's been slow getting the ball out of his hands so now you blitz oh. and you get more guys in the backfield and a better chance to get a sack on the ball. Like I, so
2: and I might win by 30 if I
0: run on every play and then throw the ball on every play.
2: Okay. Yes. I'll ask you guys another question real quick. Do you think they're going to make the playoffs?
1: I don't. I don't. I I think they'll make it interesting because no. And I talked about this this morning on the radio with, with Wayne Harvey up in Maine. I, I they're, they'll never, he'll never wave the white towel, right. And, and throw it in and, and no, no say they're going to tank. And like, they're going to be a competitive football team. Like they're, they're never going to get, I don't think we'll ever see what happened against San Francisco again this year. I hope not. I, I don't think they'll ever get to that point. I think they'll run out. They, they're just so, they lack speed and, and skill at certain spots that i think are so important like receiver they're so light at linebacker poor Jawan bentley like i love the guy great story they're just putting him in i just think they're forcing him to play a spot because they're so light there uh and i think other than the secondary the offensive line's been great when it's healthy they can't stop the run like i said they're light in that front seven teams are going to find out ways to expose that and when you face a team like Baltimore coming up and Arizona, when you got Kyler Murray in that dual threat, I think it gets really tough to to kind of compete with those teams. But like I said, I think they'll keep it close. I don't think they'll get blown out. I see him at like a six and 10, seven and nine, eight and eight floor, like ceiling. It, it's just, it'll be tough. They're just, they're digging themselves a hole. I hate to say it. Well,
0: yeah. And to me, it's simple math. I mean, you look at six games, right? The Ravens, the Cardinals, the Chargers, the Rams, the Bills and then the Dolphins in Miami in December. And we know that historically they've always sucked in Miami in December. And so those six games are all very losable games to me.
1: But winnable you, too at the same time. Like They are guess, definitely winnable.
0: Yeah. They are definitely winnable. If you split those games and you go three and three in those games, so you get three losses, now you're eight and eight if you win the other ones out. But you have to go four and two in those to even get to nine and seven. And that's... That's the problem that I have is that at some point, if, I don't know if they can realistically go four and two in those six games. And so that's the problem that I have is that I just think the mask going to run out on them. They're already two and five. You're already too far behind the eight back up unless they just flip a switch and all of a sudden they're playing really well, which I just don't know. I don't know how we can expect that at this point. I don't see there's a way for them to get in the playoffs. I think the AFC is, is too good. There's going to be too many good teams to make the playoffs uh this year and so to me i think i think they were a long shot at best to get in
2: what do you think and do you think they make it? a little high five to brian flores uh oh yeah no <laughs> i don't think they make it I, I want them to make it i would like them to make it but i think with, I, yeah. I think the team standing in front of them is the miami dolphins i really do I think the, I think Brian Flores has done a wonderful job what, from yeah, the last half of last year to now, So awesome. and that's the team. That's the team standing in front of them. I think they're going to struggle. They got to win that last game, as you mentioned against the Dolphins. And I think both of those guys will be fighting for a spot. And I think the Dolphins are going to get the spot.
1: And you have to imagine too, like the Bills had—they were unbelievable. Like Zo, <laughs> Zo always he tweeted like, "Welcome to October." Like every week, the Bills, like right, like they'll, mm-hmm. they'll. To fizzle out, like they, I wasn't overly impressed with them Sunday. They they got blown out in Tennessee on a team who hadn't like played in 17 days or whatever. You know, Kansas City torched them for 200 on the ground. Like the Bills got a comfortable lead, and I would certainly much rather be them in, in where they are. But it's the Bills, like I still come back to that. Like, are they really gonna go 11 and 5? Like, they're playing the same teams as you, like, they could start a they don't look as strong as they did in September. I could expect them to kind of fizzle out. Patriots can get competitive. And then who knows, right? Like you said, it comes down to those final three games. Again, the, the end of the season, if they, like you said, four and two. And in those six games, it's so important. These next six really.
0: Yeah. No, we'll see, man. And it's, and the dolphins don't have an easy road either. I mean, they have three easy games, right? The jets, the Broncos and the, um, the jets, the Broncos and the, uh, uh, what the what the heck is the other team that I was looking at? Oh, the Bengals. So those those three are all basically know guaran- not guaranteed wins, of course, but like you should absolutely win those games. But they have you know the same schedule you have the Chargers. The- sure, they haven't played the Chiefs yet. They got the Bills. They got the Raiders. So like so they have a, a difficult schedule moving forward. And you got Tua, who listen, they crushed the Rams. They crushed the Rams, but Tua had 93 yards passing. So like, you know, and their starting running back just got hurt. So like, you know, they're not so like, you know, but at the same time, I love what Flow's done down there. I think that they're a good team and they could certainly uh make the playoffs in front of the Patriots. It's just, it's interesting, you know? Well,
2: because I have to go. I have to step off and 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 get to the I was that actually, family stuff.
0: <laughs> yeah. No, we were actually we we're actually just about to wrap up. We were just texting back and forth saying let's wrap up. Levin, before you leave just plug yourself. Let us let everyone know where they can find you and interact with you and whatnot.
2: Well, you can catch me on Twitter at, at Levin Reed. That's, you can catch me always on WBZ or CBS and Boston um, or dot com or Patriots game day, Patriots fifth quarter, your local news on WBZ4. Um, I'm covering the Patriots up and down. And you can also catch me on this, this, this podcast and whatever we're doing. Cause you know, I'm always going to be there covering the pads. It's not an issue. 100%.
1: Thanks Levin. It's always a blast. We appreciate you being a soldier Thanks, there hanging in going appreciate through. Recording I gotta to go, place. I gotta no go buy a new, I gotta no go buy problem, a new guys. computer on, uh, on Black Friday. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> <laughs> take care, Levin. Thank you. No problem. Right, <laughs> See you.
0: Take, take care guys. Take care.